Because of the increase of his government and peace, there's no end. There is no end. No. On earth, peace, goodwill to men. For unto us a son is given. And of the increase of his government and peace, there's no end. To establish it. Forever and ever. You know what peace means, Irene? A broken bone coming back together. Union. Union. I knew I'd get that word union in some way. It's kind of like the word exchange. Oh, we're talking about the fullness of God, the fullness of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. We thank you that you have given us a son. We thank you, Lord. His name is Jesus, and we just worship you for it. Amen. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware. Now, I'm going to start in verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk you in him. Have you received him? Walk in him. Rooted and built in him. Established in the faith, his faith. As you've been taught, abounding therein with what? Thanksgiving. Whoa. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him, Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. If you're complete, what's lacking? If you're full, what's lacking? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, which is ahead of all principalities and powers. In whom you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, putting off the body of sin and of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein you also risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who raised him from the dead. Woo! And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened union together with him, having forgiven you some of your trespasses. Oh, and blotting out the handwriting ordinance that was against us and contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. So let no man do anything else to you. So looking into Jesus, the author and the what? Finisher of our faith. Oh, Ephesians chapter one. Oh, come on now. Woe, wherefore, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love for the saints, cease not to give thanks for you. How many times did Paul say, giving thanks for you? How many times do we give thanks for people? Give thanks for certain things, for everything, because he said, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What is the will of God in everything? Give thanks. I thank you, Lord, for Mike right now. He's beside himself. Thank you, Lord, that he's beside himself. I wish that all God's people were beside themselves. Thank you, Lord. I don't know where that came from. <clears throat> okay. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the mighty working of his power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above, say far above, 
all principalities and power and mights and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world and that which is to come. How you like that? How you like that? And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Say, all things to the church. I have what is all things. He's the head over all things to the church. What's left? Nothing. All things to the church. Oh, okay. Which is his body, the fullness, say fullness, of him that fills all in all. Not only that, but second chapter says we've been seated with him in heavenly places. How you like that? Ephesians chapter 3. We'll go through these quickly. Ephesians 3. Starting in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ with patches knowledge, that you might be filled with the fullness. How much? Full. Full of the fullness. He's already given you the fullness. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth. Oh, that's so good. But here, verse 20, now to him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works where? In us. Ephesians chapter 4. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to do what? To perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. Verse 12. Edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. That's y'all. Till. Say till. What's the goal? Till we come into the unity. Union of the faith of the Son of God and the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect mature man, unto, or that word is into, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we what? The fullness of Christ, the fullness of his body. Say, so you can't be full without each other. You got to have each other, the fullness of the body of Christ. That's the goal till we come into that. Oh, isn't that awesome? That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, Carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sly of men, cutting craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, we grow up into him who is all things. Is that often? In Christ. Colossians 1, 19. For it pleased the Father that in Christ should all the fullness dwell. It pleased God that in his Son all the fullness shall dwell. And having made peace, there's the word irony, through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile or exchange all things into himself. Ooh, that's us. By him I say whether they be things on earth or in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies, where? In your minds. You know, your separation's only in your mind. So it's which mind are you thinking with? If you have the mind of Christ, it's not separated. So if you start feeling separated, it's because you're thinking with the wrong mind. Because the carnal mind is not subject to God, indeed can't be. So they that be in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Hallelujah. It's not who you are. And has delivered us, verse 13, from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, and everything else that goes with it. You like that? I love that. John chapter 10, verse 10. Old Robert says that's one of the best verses in the Bible. The thief cometh not, 
but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That describes it all there. What's the purpose of the thief? To steal, kill, and destroy. What's the purpose of Jesus? I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You know, I was watching the other day, they was talking about China doing this great big show of all their military stuff that they've built and what they're doing, and they're coming up to this great power. And they showed one of these new, brand new fighter jets. And they said, if you look at it, it looks just like the best fighter plane we have. And the reason it looks that way is because they stole the blueprints and made it identical to the one we got. There it is. They stole it. See, all they know to do, all religion knows to do is to copy. It can't create. But we have a creator living in us that we create. All the enemy can do is steal blueprints, but he can't make them. Jesus is the author and finisher of it. In most of your Asian countries, they, they, that's right, John. Big companies have to hire somebody especially to try to keep people from stealing their blueprints all the time. And most of it's from the Asian countries. The thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life. And see, we have the creator of the universe living in us. We are in union with the creator of this universe. Is that awesome? And we have the mind of Christ living. That's why we have the exchange life. It gives us the very nature and life of God in us. Eternal life is what we have. First, Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us from that power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. John 5.26, Jesus says, As the Father hath life in himself, so has he given the Son to have life in himself. Oh, thank you, Lord. Therefore does my Father love me because I lay down my soul that I might take it up again. No man takes my soul from me. If you'll, every time you see that word life, you'll feel this look soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion. Jesus laid all that down. He said, I have power to lay it down. No man takes it. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up. This commandment have I received of my Father. And I'm telling you, he's given you the same authority in your soul to put one down and let the other rise. You got a new mind, new will, new emotion. If you be risen with Christ, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you're dead and your life is hid in Christ. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So what's the next verse? Mortify, therefore, what? Put off that old thing. Put it off because it's dead. Put on the new thing, which is renewed in the image of him that created. What the image of who? Him. You're created in the image of him. You're recreated in the image of God the Father. Not halfway. You got the tree of life living in you. Yes. Not just the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but the tree of life. Amen. That's right. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but I, Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Whew. We are living in the life of Christ. We are living in the faith of Christ. We are living in the love of Christ. We are living in the fullness of Christ, of God by Christ. We as, as Christians are so utterly identified with Christ, the obedience of Christ becomes our obedience. The death of Christ becomes our death. The life of Christ becomes our life. We are living in the glory of the recreated Son of God. Living in us. That's who we are. Why is it the enemy wants to steal your identity? 
See, the only problem with identity theft with us is when he takes it from us, we think we got the old. That's a copy. It's only a shadow of the real. So why do we want to live there? He is a counterfeit. And, and all religion is counterfeit. It's only a shadow of the real thing. And to us, a son is given. Woo, Lord. Everything of Christ is ours. Everything. It's been freely given to us in him. It was God's purpose to do that. A Christian is one who has received the life of Christ and who is living in union with Christ, the son of the living God. If we want to find a Christian outside the union of Christ, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You know, most pastors, we preached reformation for years and we're reaping the results of that. It's not reformation. It's regeneration. Amen. We've been born what? Again. Regeneration is the exchange life. Genesis 6, 5, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on earth and it grieved him in his heart. Because he said in Jeremiah seventeen nine, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who shall know it? That's why he said in Ezekiel 36, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm not going to fix your old heart. I'm going to just give you a new one. That's Christmas. He's given us a new heart. And I'm going to give you a new spirit. I'll take out the stony heart. And that word take out just means to set aside, John, if you wondered about that. It's just to set it aside, make it idle. It makes it unemployed. It's still there, but it's unemployed. And I'm going to give you a heart of life. I'm going to give you a Jeremiah 24 heart to know me. Hebrews 8 says he's going to give us a heart to know him. We'll not teach everyone his neighbor say, know the Lord. You're all going to know me from the least to the greatest because I'm going to put my law in your hearts and in your minds. And I'll be your God and you'll be my people. So give me a shout. Amen. I like it. The heart of God is a heart of love. God doesn't give us love. God is love. And we are living in the love of another. It's exchange love. Salvation is not a change of outward behavior, but an exchange of our inward life, our soul life. Jesus said, he that saveth his soul will lose it, but he that loses his soul for my sake will find it. Oh, what shall a man give in exchange of his soul? The mind, the will, and the emotion. The exchange soul is living and receiving the divine nature of Christ. Second Peter chapter 1, according as his divine promises have given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that created us. So what? We might be able to escape the corruption of this world. Amen? And he says, whereby are given to us exceeding great, and by these promises we may be a partaker of his divine nature. Hey, so add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, God, and his brotherly kindly charity. For if these things be in you, in you, into you, and abound, they make you that you neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of God. But he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. See, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to pull you back into sin consciousness. That's what religion wants to do. It wants to pull you back into sin consciousness all night. And you forget you were purged from all that stuff. Because by one offering he has perfected forever those that are sanctified. First Corinthians one thirty. but of him are you 
in Christ. God, of him, you're in Christ. Who has made unto us wisdom and sanctification and redemption. So as it is written, let the him that glory, glory in the Lord. There's nothing for you to glory in but the fact that he gloried in you. Come on, give me a shout. You know, if the world could see Christians acting like this, that might make a difference. The only reason he let the Gentiles come in is to make Israel jealous. And there's nothing in the church to make Israel jealous yet. Because the church is too full of religion. Who wants religion? Even Webster says religion, the definition of religion is returning to bondage. How many of you want to return to bondage? Somebody says, are you religious? I say, no way. No way am I religious. Oh, come on now. Oh, come on now. We're not religious. Oh, thank you, Lord. Woo. We are living our life by the life of another. You know, the religion's always putting everything into the future. I refuse to allow religion to put everything in the future. Because what? In Christ now. Now are you the sons of God. Now are you the sons of God. Not going to be. Now are you the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, but we shall see him as, his, as he is. And everyone that hath this hope, let me give you the Greek, he purifies you even as he's pure. If you like the other version, go ahead, but I don't like it. He purifies you even as he is pure. So as he is, so are we in this present world. Because we are the body of Christ and what? Members one of another. Woo! Thank you, Lord. First Peter 1 Peter 1.7, That the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perished, though it be tried with fire, might be found into, might be found into praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 12.3, According to God, has dealt to every man the measure of faith. How's that? Because we're living by the faith of the Son of God who lives us, loves us. Ephesians 14, till we all come into the unity of the faith. The fullness, that's why he came. John three thirty four, For he whom God has sent speaks words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit of, by measure unto him. Why? Because God said he has the fullness. He's got the fullness of the Godhead in him. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 in the Message Bible says, For who you know that really knows you, knows your heart. And even if they did... Is there anything they would discover in you that you could take credit for? Isn't everything that you have and everything you do sheer gifts from God? So what's the point of all this comparing yourself and measuring yourself? Because it's all from him. There's nothing to compare with. Because if you got it, you got it as a gift. That's what Paul said. Why do you glory as if you earned it? He said to the church in 1 Corinthians. Amen. Now, <clears throat> Hebrews 10.35 says, Now the just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those that draw back into perdition, but those that believe to the saving of the soul. Those that believe to the what? The soul is important. That is your life. The soul is your life. And he paid for you to have a new life. And a new soul. Amen. Amen. Living by the love of another. God doesn't give us love. He is love. First John 4, 12. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is matured in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us. Union. 
because he's given us his Holy Spirit. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and they that dwelleth in love dwells in God, and God in him. How do you like all that? Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. If you're in an exchange life, you know how you know that you're in an exchange life? Because you have no fear of him coming. You are anxiously looking and awaiting his coming. That's a good way to tell if you're ready or not. Somebody said, he's coming. What's your first thought? You know what mine used to be? Fear. Oh, no, I don't want him to come yet. I hadn't done enough to be accepted. Thank God for deliverance. He's done enough for acceptance. Ephesians 1, 7, 1, 6, he's made us accepted in the beloved. He has made us accepted in the beloved. Okay. There is no fear in love, but perfect love. I missed this part. Let me go back up. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we now in this present world. Not going to be now. It is finished. There is no fear in love. I know there's a lot of fearful stuff going on in the world today. And if you watch the news, you can get pretty depressed and fearful. My counsel for you is turn it off. Get in your Bible and read the good report. Because when all these things begin to happen, the earth melting with fervent heat and all the destruction that comes, and it says, be sure that you're found of him in peace without spot or blemish, without fear, in peace. Why? Because he's the author of peace. Rule in the midst of that stuff. Don't let that stuff consume you or drive you. Don't allow fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him, what? Because he first loved us. Romans 5, 5 says, For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 says, The love of God has, keeps me from flying apart. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> says, The love of God keeps me from flying apart. That's one version. Keeps me from flying because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all died. And if all died, we're all dead. So if we're all dead, we can all live. And that we should no longer live for ourselves, but for him which died and rose again. Amen? Amen. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things have become new in Christ. Key word, in Christ. Who can separate us from the love of God? Or what can separate us? Nothing. Not even you. Right, Alan? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Jude 21 says, keep yourself in the love of God. What does that mean? Does that mean sometimes you can get out of love of God? If you choose to quit thinking it that way. Keep yourself in the love of God. Just stay there. Because he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, I heard some of these guys talking about healing. He says, I got a hold of healing when I understand Psalms 91. Abiding in union with him. Living in union with the Most High. That's why we got those signs. We are protected and living by the God of Psalms 91. Is that good stuff? Okay, Hudson Taylor said, The secret of the power and the blessing of our lives is living in union with Christ, the anointed one. 
Let me read it again. The secret and power and the blessing of our living in union with Christ. That is the secret. Union. Remember, the Christian life is not a changed life, but an exchange life. John G. Lake, page 68, says, Living in union with God is not known by the great majority of Christians. All they have is forgiveness of sins. They don't know that there's an actual union with God. Reconciliation is you were once enemies of God. Reconciliation means you're now friends of God. Catch the exchange from an enemy to a friend. That's reconciliation. That's called exchange. Is that awesome? Rebirth is an actual incarnation. Hebrews 2, 10, 12, because it says that God's bringing many sons to glory. Wow. He's the firstborn, and he's bringing many more sons into the glory. For both he that sanctify and they that are sanctified are all one, union. For which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren. 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and his son, 1 John chapter 3 says. By the Holy Spirit, we are baptized into what? One body. The Holy Spirit's job has a lot of facts, uh, sides to it. It's many-sided grace. is to bring us into body and bring us into his purpose and let us be like him. Ephesians 4, uh, 15, New Living Bible. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Woo! And I wrote this, even as Adam was an individual, but also contained all the human in his humankind with him, all humankind with him. So Jesus, the last Adam, contains the new creation in himself. He is the new man and we're living by the new man of another. Hey, like that. We're living by the new man of another. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. So that's all I'm going to say about that, Eric. Come on, let's do communion. It is finished, four pages.